another edition of horrifying my friends with me travis ibarra this is a podcast where i introduce my friends to a movie that they may not have seen already and uh, we discuss it this episode we are discussing Candyman with my friend matt mccarroll now matt and i met when we were working in retail and if you've ever worked in retail you know that that's the true fucking horror um but we've we've always clicked about like uh sports and you know movies or whatnot and we uh like i, I would i would always get with him to when i've seen a movie whether it's superhero related or horror and we would kind of talk through it and discuss our different theories of the movies and stuff. Um, it's not that Matt has a big hor- a big uh, background in horror, but he's definitely aware of it. He's definitely a fan of uh, a lot of science fiction and a lot of uh, superhero stuff. But So this is the movie that I've chosen for Matt because I think that he'll be able to pick up a lot of the theories, a lot of the uh, social commentary within the movie. And uh, I was right. This is a really good discussion about um, you know, race and uh, all these social commentary within Candyman and maybe some areas where it can improve. Um, but this discussion was really fun. And just to get uh, the basic synopsis of Candyman, it says the Candyman, a murderous soul with a hook for a hand, is accidentally summoned by re- to reality by a skeptic grad student researching the monster's myth. So with that being said, let's get to it in our discussion with Matt. All right, so this is 1992's Candyman, uh, directed by Bernard Rose, uh, based on a short story by Clyde Barker, starring Virginia Madsen, Tony Todd, Xander Berkeley, and Casey Lemons. So, Matt, this was—you said you were—you had seen this film like uh, before, like way back in the day. Yeah. And you, you were kind of revisiting. So, what do you think about it? What were your overall kind of reactions to it? Well, yeah, um, actually. I may have lied to you at the beginning of this. Actually, I don't know if, if I've seen this movie all the way through, so just to <laughs> revisit revisit oh, from cool, that man. standpoint. Um, yeah, I did a little bit of homework myself, and that uh, is based off a book, The, the, the Forbidden. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, short story, yeah, Clyde Barker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but I, I like the movie. I did like like the movie as a whole. Um, I guess we'll talk about things that, that I didn't like and just kind, mm-hmm. of, kind of build from there. Um, one of the things that, that, that I didn't like that uh okay let's go let's get into yeah, we, it we're, we're, we're get, yeah we're starting oh, yeah. we're, we're start off quick we start off firing um one things i didn't like is um that that i wish that that's that scene where where she found out that, that her and her that her husband and that um that mistress were cheating uh-huh. i would have liked her to to have called Candyman then and kind of get, get, get in there but <laughs> yeah. i guess it got her it got back in the end so i just had to be patient from, from the from painting that. scene yes. yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. for sure yeah, so. that hideous pumped up <laughs> No yeah. question. That's probably the scariest part of the whole movie. Well, and then she threw the paint on the wall that they were already painting. Yes. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. I'm but. surprised that's your biggest offense of the movie. Yeah. Well, well no. Well, like I said, that was, as I was watching it live, that's what I, I wish they could have gotten it there. But like I said, at the end, they, they got theirs. Um, 
right. Yeah. On. Yeah. Well, I guess another thing that, that I didn't like, that's, um, I didn't like the way Candyman died. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always kind of had a problem with that too. Yeah. Like it's kind of, that part was always kind of weak to me. Like the, the big fire and stuff. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. I see you there. Um, Katie had a big problem. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and let her. <laughs> All right. I, t- I watched this with Trav um, and took notes. And I was reading over my notes and I just like was laughing kind of at myself. Not that I'm funny, but just at how <laughs> much I hated Helen. <laughs> I just hate her character so much. Like, I, I wrote... Wow, manipulating a kid, Helen, really. Ooh. Like, yeah, the part was rough, wasn't that, it? And yeah. that scene when she's just like playing with this little kid's head. Like, yeah, she's like, oh, you're scared, scared huh? A little, yeah. kid, a little kid is scared, like, leave him fade. He's like, bitch, I ain't scared. <laughs> um, what else did I say? Why is Helen so disrespectful? Like, she's walking through Cabrini Green once she shouldn't even be there. Mm-hmm. And she's with her black or mixed, I don't know, friend. Mm-hmm. Who's telling her every step of the way, don't do this. Don't 100%. do that. Don't do that. Um, the people who live there are saying, don't go in there. You don't belong here. Go away. And Helen just like waltzes in like she owns a fucking place. And I was just like. Yeah. She's taking pictures of this really sad scene where this woman was brutally murdered. Yeah, it was wild. Um, walking into an apartment that she where she like doesn't even know if someone's living there or not. Um, and just is inserting herself everywhere like because she feels like there's no consequences for her probably because she's just like this affluent white academic who thinks she can do whatever she wants and and it bothered me yeah Yeah. that that does delve into like one of the biggest problems is like that uh that virginia madsen's helen character it does although this movie was breakthrough and stuff as far as like you know the black boogeyman and all this other stuff it was uh you can definitely tell like um that documentary we watched last night that horror noir which was like or horror noir However you say it. Noir. 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 Yeah. Which is... Highly recommend. We watched it on Shudder, if anyone's looking for it. Yeah, it was very good. It it just goes through... It chronicles, like, black history uh, in horror. Like, uh, throughout time. And it starts with, like, Birth of the Nation and all this other shit. And Blackula and, like, all kinds of stuff. But, like, one of the... And and it really blew my mind. Because I didn't think about a lot of shit, dude. Like, you know, because although I am, like, a minority, I'm not... I'm kind of, like passing so and a lot of those problems don't really affect me on a day-to-day basis and I've never really thought about it like that before but one of the things that they brought up just a just a little quick tangent but was the poltergeist how like the the idea of an Indian burial ground affecting something still to this day is based kind of in kind of a racist thought because it's like okay, the evil still is with the Indians. Yeah, 100%. And it's coming back to affect these white people in the suburban areas. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I had never even thought about it like that. No. Or, you know. But yeah, that that was a, that's a great fucking documentary, dude. You got to check it out. Yeah, no, I'll keep that in mind then. But I... like, uh, like, they went through one of the big problems with this movie is that it, although it did push forward a lot, it did fall into some similar tropes as far as like the white savior shit and like uh, Helen... Like like Katie said, does like her friends just like we shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be fucking with this shit. And she's like, it's okay. Like <laughs> we got it covered. Nothing, it's all nothing good. can bother me. Yeah, never good. No, I actually no one's gonna hurt me. No, yeah. no, absolutely not. 
Uh, that's funny that you mentioned that, Kate, because I actually did make notes about the, the racial un- undertones about that. But, yeah, let's um, hear what you think about that. Yeah, no, I thought it was, um, I didn't really see that as like a quite a negative negative from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. I thought it being 90, in the year 92, mm-hmm. that I thought it was pretty pretty progressive in, in, that, mm-hmm. in that standpoint about bringing light to that. But um, as far as like strictly the, in the story, though, yeah, it, it, that, that part was <laughs> what was frustrating, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so what are some other stuff that you got down there? Uh, I guess another thing that... Um, I guess one another thing that, that I didn't like, or that not that I didn't like, that I just understand. Why why was he the Candyman? What where did the, the, the name come from? I thought they're going to explain that, or, or or did I I miss that? Yeah, the, I don't I don't I'm not understood that either. So, I think that goes back to the Forbidden. Like I think that okay, so or, it was explained uh, in the book or in I the short story. I think so. Yeah, um, that's an, actually an interesting point. I think it has to do with like the the quotes too that you see only thing like sweets to sweet and like all that other mm-hmm. stuff and they show like candy uh with razor blades in it which mm-hmm. i didn't really get like is candy man doing that shit yeah or... like, yeah that's it seems like that was me. from that scene the candies were around where that crime scene was mm-hmm. right and yeah, so it was like it. almost like an offering from the people there like mm-hmm. to candy man they were giving him candy i got you maybe? yeah 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 that's that was my impression so this kind of brings up something that was also in my notes um was the telling of the backstory the way Mm -hmm. they handled that in that in this movie so as i work with researchers Mm -hmm. and i work for an organization that does a lot of like we publish a lot of research and i took great umbrance with the fact that these two women (laughs) like are already deep into like research on their thesis and when that pretentious guy, like that pretentious guy who's already done research on this topic, You're talking about uh, Benjamin Franklin, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah him. I took uh, great umbrage of the fact that when he's like, "Have you read my paper on this very topic?" Yeah. and they're like, "No," like they absolutely would have by now. 100%. Like if you like, that's one of the first things you do when you're doing re- academic research like this is oh, you yeah. see the existing literature on your topic. You look at the fucking it. origin. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. they would have a hundred percent known this story. So like the writers like, got kind of lazy, I think, with this scene because they needed to explain to us the viewers. Mm-hmm. I got you. And so they did this kind of exposition talking about. And like telling the story of Candyman, where these bitches already would have known that they would mm-hmm. have known, yeah. and they made them look like stupid, Dummies, and like yeah. this guy's schooling them. Like mm-hmm. I just didn't like that. Like I feel like they could have had a scene, for instance, where like Bernadette and Helen were just talking mm-hmm. through like their paper, and they could have shared the his that history just by talking with each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. Or could have had somebody from the outside asking her about her thesis, and she could be the one. Mm-hmm. That, that, that explains the, the backstory. And yeah, because then it makes them look like hacks. For sure. <laughs> anyway. uh, one of the other things that was brought up in that uh, uh, horror noir like documentary, it was uh, brought up by, and I'm going to butcher this name, so I apologize. <laughs> it's uh, Tenerive Du. Uh, she's a uh, like a horror writer, but she brought up the fact that one of the big problems for her is that Candyman's killing the very people, like his people, and when he could just go right across the river or the train tracks or whatever and kill the people that were actually, like the ancestors of the people that were actually responsible, like Ben Franklin, like mm-hmm. you said, like those kind of type of people. Candyman probably should be killing those people, you know. And when- yeah, did you notice he was killing his own? And stuff? Yeah. See, that's what I thought. As I was trying to trying to guess in my mind how the movie's going to unfold, I thought he's going to start killing the people that 
yeah, all these white yeah, yeah, that, that races. Yeah, all the yeah. white races that wronged him. Yeah, instead but he's, doing, he's, he's killing, killing his own people. black people in the projects. Which is actually an interesting thing, going back to like the whole racial undertones part. From That's kind of what's happening in, in today's world, right? From mm-hmm. blacks still still killing blacks. and um, They don't need to kill whites by any <laughs> stretch mm-hmm. of imagination. But, but having that, there's still that perpetuation uh, of, 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 the, of that negative cycle. So I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't know if they did that on purpose. Or this kind of how it uh, unfolded. Well, the director's white, and I think he's mm-hmm. come into a lot of criticism, right, Trav? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. See, like, um, this was on a special feature of uh, disc two of the Blu-ray release, which is badass, by the way. But it's called Un- Urban Legend Unwrapping Candyman. And it was this uh, other sci-fi author, Stephen Barnes. And what's interesting is he brought up kind of a similar thing of you that you just brought up. Uh, she had a big problem with that. He, like, saw kind of another way of, like, that Candyman is representative of the negativity um that kind of uh still looms around the projects and within that culture that's put upon by the uh you know by their uh like the you know the, all the ancestors mm-hmm. and shit like that so he's kind of like a he he saw it as like Candyman was kind of like a metaphor of like all these hardships and stuff creating conflict within that the project or whatever which i thought that was kind of a cool way of looking at it because i i had a big problem with Candyman, you know killing uh 100 you know, his uh his own people too which that's something uh i don't know if you guys knew this or not but uh jordan peele which who was also in that documentary he's producing the remake of Candyman, which i i thought i think and he that is obviously famous for get out and yeah us. get out yeah, and, and, and us, us yeah. yeah that's gonna yeah, be that's gonna sure. be a really wild movie actually. yeah for sure and i think that's one of the things that he could probably improve on you know like some of the stuff that's doesn't quite work but um what so what were some more things that you kind of like that you liked about it oh the, yeah absolutely things that, that i liked um but the first scene that we where we actually see Candyman, where we're in there in, in the um the parking garage that oh, kinda, yeah, that yeah. Badass, yeah it kind of reminded me of of batman and mask of the, of the phantasm Ooh. yeah at the beginning yeah the beginning of that movie which I, thought, so, yeah. I think that's like the same year that had, uh, oh yeah you might be right after or something yeah it had to be close i thought that was really really badass that's one of my, my favorite movies and it kind Ooh. of brought me back to that yeah that's a good call yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. little so, hook too yeah exactly <laughs> so i thought that was really really cool um one thing that i really thought was cool was the, the artwork in the in, in their project so mm-hmm. that was really really fucking dope um, how they did went through that like the the mouth or his face um, just the graffiti a, as a whole I thought yeah the scene of her going through the mouth was really cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I thought it was cool about how they went through that but mm-hmm. taking pictures that's how they kind of walked us through that, mm-hmm. that that experience which I thought was pretty pretty dope mm-hmm. um, yeah I guess a, a few other things that that, that, that I liked um, uh, like I said I liked how in the end how, how she she got her, her husband back um, what, what's that what's that saying hell has no fury than a than a woman scorned I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of the the, the the final undertones in the movie i guess <laughs> but i thought that was that was pretty good that's too. a good segue actually so let's talk about the end i had some question i was confused clearly Candyman's intention was not to pass the torch to helen because he wanted her and the baby to like go and be with him and mm-hmm. be immortal <laughs> yeah so she kills him and she dies, some kind of like white savior martyr thing, and then she becomes essentially Helen, new Candyman. Mm-hmm. Something was not ma- like matching up for me. I don't think it quite like, matched up for anybody, really. Yeah. Like, I why? Was why did? Why too. did she take up this torch when she was never kind of with 
like she wasn't on the side of the candy man. I don't know. I was, yeah. mm-hmm. conf- yeah, I was confused about that too. And I guess yeah, I guess I actually wrote that down that too. How, that does it pass? Does it pass from person to person now? Now she knew Candy Man, then once she does this to somebody else. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they were setting that up for like to be your new urban legend or okay. what. But okay. Because yeah. I'm not going to stand in the mirror and say Helen by yeah. No, no Helen just doesn't have the same no. kind of ring to it. <laughs> it doesn't do it for me. <laughs> well, and they end up bringing Candyman back, you know, for the sequels and stuff. Which is what, which, yeah, I was going to ask. Which obviously too. this movie made some money and stuff. So yeah. they, they were like, ooh, a new book. Oh, so he so. wasn't dead. Or we... No. It, oh, okay. But see, like, um, after this movie. He probably was meant to be dead, but they were like, "We can't fucking kill Candyman." Like, yeah, just from I mean, the, it's like, like you said, the money standpoint. Yeah, it, so they're they're gonna bring him back, but yeah. you know the the horror franchises and stuff. You know they'll come up with anything to bring the Boogeyman back, or, 100%. You know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know if that ending, the ending always. I, I've always had kind of a problem with the ending too, as, as far as like I, I don't really know what they were going for there with with Helen. At least they were consistent. Helen was killing white mm-hmm. people. That yeah, was, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, like, uh, he wanted her to join him and stuff, but I was like, uh, how, like, where the hell did Candyman, I mean, I didn't know, I guess he died, but I was like, wouldn't he be there with her at the end, too? I don't know. Also, how do you kill him when he's... That, he's, he's, that was my thing. Because <laughs> yeah. this kind of gets to another thing that's, here, go ahead. No, 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 like I said, no, I was, no, you're fine. I was um, a little confused so about that, too. as someone who, I don't, I've never watched a lot of, um... Like urban legend movies like i didn't know mm-hmm. i know i know candy man's an urban legend mm-hmm. but i wasn't sure if this movie was gonna take it because they kind of set it up like they were gonna take it a different route into more realism and not so much supernatural mm-hmm. like that you know with them being like we're gonna go to caprini green and prove that this is not an urban legend that this is actually a person blah blah, blah. and so i was like oh well maybe the movie's gonna take it there and so i was like maybe she's just having a psychotic break she's crazy mm-hmm. she's having these visions etc and then it obviously didn't turn to be that way. Now, I was I the only one, like, I don't know, maybe I'm the only person on the planet that really thought maybe they'll take this though and it won't be interesting. An, so you thought it won't that. be supernatural, it'll be like an actual killer. That could be pretty and cool. And it's like a slasher movie in, it, mm-hmm. in that case. I don't know. I was, mm-hmm. but I'm a novice at this. I don't know. <laughs> you're not really a novice. That'd have been a pretty cool, uh, like way of doing it though. Like, um, you're saying so, like, if there was a real killer using the Candyman. Like a... Well, because I felt like they set up the movie, and something in my notes was um, real, real threat and danger in low-income black community, mythified and romanticized by affluent white teens. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and so I was like, yeah, yeah. so I kind of was into the idea from the jump from my notes because it was the first note I had. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, wouldn't it be a stronger like theme or a stronger message if, in the end, it wasn't this like supernatural boogeyman, and if it was actually like a killer mm-hmm. and that's brought to light like these this is something that's being ignored ignored in this community obviously because they of point, how community is, what type of community it is right because don't they point you. out in the movie at some point i don't remember which character pointed it out but like oh like helen's beat up in the bathroom and the cops come right away it was her friend i mm-hmm. think it was uh was it bernadette? yeah yeah bernadette yeah but this woman's being brutally murdered in her apartment ruthie i think was her name yeah mm-hmm. um and the cops don't come called yeah, no, actually, that's funny you mentioned. I made you n- know note of that, too. Yeah, yeah, the cops don't come until until uh, a white person gets gets, oh, yeah. gets hurt, which goes back to the beginning of this, right? With it's the, sad that this came out in 92, and nothing's really mm-hmm. 100%, different. yeah, yeah. Well, and Brooks was saying that that, like, area is still, like, because uh, we watched it with Brooks last night as well. Yeah, my like, husband's from the, well, he's from Hammond, Indiana, but it's, like, kind of considered Chicago land. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, he said Cabrini Green's still pretty rough, but... 
this brings me into one of the other special features that I watched. It's called Be My Victim. It was like a recent interview with Tony Todd. But I, there was some pretty interesting stuff on here, too. Uh, so when they decided to make the movie, director, uh, what was his name again? Bernard Rose met with Clyde Barker over at Pinewood Studios, I think it was, and uh, decided to change because uh, in the short story it was all about classes, you know, because it's in Europe. But he decided to bring it over here, you know, with American kind of problems, which, you know, obviously race. He had the, he went to Chicago and had the police take him to like some of the worst areas of Chicago, which the cops took him to uh, Cabrini Green, which was probably the worst in the area at that point. But at the beginning, when you saw the, like, um, kind of those quote gangsters at the beginning like those are like actually real like dudes from cabrini green oh, really? quote gangsters but they were real legitimate thugs yes yeah <laughs> so like the um tony todd was saying that he had heard like afterwards that the producers of the film and stuff may actually made deals for, with them dudes to let them film there and stuff and they had like police snipers and stuff like no he shit. was like yeah it was a real deal but that was one of the things that he brought up the other thing that um that he brought up was that there it was real bees that when he had it in, in his mouth and all over his body and stuff did he those are real bees yeah those were real bees and they had a bee trainer and the bees had their own trailer he pointed that out <laughs> too yeah so so yeah he said um i think the whole time he's been making candy man he's been stung only 26 times by bees that's actually wild. Yeah, that, <laughs> it is. Dude. So the bees are in every movie. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bees are a big part of uh, of the Candyman. And another thing, he said that he was going for like him and Bernard Rose wanted to make it kind of like a gothic tragedy in the same light as like Lon Chaney of the Phantom of the Opera. Okay, like an old school like Universal uh, Universal monster story. But I thought those were some cool points. Um, no, that's wild. That that, that Helen, thing's wild. Uh, the Helen one, she actually had one on there too. Virginia Madsen. And one of the interesting things that she brought up was she was hypnotized, and, and I, you know I don't hypnotism is a real thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah know. it okay. is. Okay. It okay. is. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if it's mythical or no. What. Yeah. I don't know that it works for everybody. But yeah. It does okay. work for a lot of people. But I guess during those scenes when she was like looking at Candyman and she had like tears rolling down her eye, you know, she just looks like out of it. I guess they were like brought in a, like a hypnotist to hypnotize her during those t- scenes. Really? Oh. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, and she said that one of the th- first things she had to do when she got this part was take like a uh, test to see if she was re- allergic to bees, which she was. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was really dangerous, I guess, for her. <laughs> but it, there's a lot of cool shit, dude, on those special features. So they had EpiPins, mm-hmm. which is my really crappy way of transitioning to point out. We watched this with Travis, your wife, mm-hmm. Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is a nurse. And she was talking, her biggest issue with this movie was the scene where they're, um, Helen is in the <sighs> mental hospital yeah. and they come in to sedate her and they say, 1,000 mils, fast, yeah. fast. Rose goes, <laughs> one, you don't just shoot somebody anywhere in the neck area. Yeah. And two, 1,000 mils is a liter. <laughs> like a liter. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Put a fucking liter in them. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's fantastic. So they put a liter of some type of medicine in, in her. That's probably why she's crazy and seeing Candyman. <laughs> That's wild. That was another badass scene, though, is when he, uh, uh, she says it in the office, in that dude's office, and he comes, like, uh, he appears 
under the dude. What does he appear under the dude and like slices him all the way yeah, up? Yeah, cuts him all the way up. That and stuff then was fucking up. flies out the window. That yes. shit was badass. Man. Yeah. So yeah, that that part was badass. And then I thought he was gonna do the same thing from a escape standpoint. We was in a fire and then yeah. get out. <laughs> yeah. And then he didn't, and that's what I was right. Yeah, he about. could like fly into anything. <laughs> yeah. You would think he just, just like flew up. Like right. why did he stay? Why did he stay in the fire? That's what that yeah. That, that that's what part that really frustrated me from the mm-hmm. the ending standpoint. Maybe he stayed because he really thought he could get kill Helen and keep her. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my question um, about that. So, for Candyman to 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 come and be and, and come out, um, do you have to believe in him? Because he was like, you have to believe in me, Helen. So, so you have to obviously say his name five times and then believe that he's a real monster, and yes. then who comes? Because that's because that's what, isn't that why he never killed Helen because she didn't believe in him. Um. Well, I think at a certain point she did believe in him because she's like, mm-hmm. I call him, but. She said Candyman five times into the mirror. The first time, granted, mm-hmm. she didn't turn the lights out. She left the bathroom light on because I think she was secretly still chicken. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> fucking Trevor came but in. He, yeah. He, <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> dive bombs from the bed. Right. But no. Um, but he didn't. Candyman didn't come that time. Mm-hmm. And she didn't believe in him then. So maybe there's something to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought, yeah. Yeah, you got to like seek him out and shit. Yeah. Which makes him different from all the other. That's why, like, uh, uh, people, like, uh, they always classify this as a slasher movie or not. And I'm kind of like uh, on the fence about it. I kind of, I don't know. You got to like seek him out though. Like, he doesn't just like come and for the most part, he doesn't just like show up and start killing. Yeah, like, like Freddy or Jason or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. which that's one of the things I really liked about the movie that it was um, more of a, a psychological deal mm-hmm. than than a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, everybody can get cut up. We've been seeing Jace movies for hundreds of years. For sure. I wondered at one point if he was like a demon or a ghost and he was like possessing her. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he, she ended up somewhere and blacked out. And I was like, did he possess her? And he went and she went and killed the dog and all that kind of stuff. Or was she just hypnotized? I don't know. I think, see, I think that's what like, think is that still like unclear to both of you? Yeah. It is yeah. to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cause I was gonna, that's a really good point. Cause yeah. When she woke up in the, in, in the bathroom in, in that lady's house with the, that shit was fucked up. That was wild. With, with that, that dog's head up. cut off. And I thought the baby was she, dead. That would have been fucking ate up. I thought the baby died. I was literally like, if they killed this baby, <laughs> yeah, that shit was wild. Ow, I'm turning it off. Though. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was wild. So, but like I said, yeah, I, I don't know if that was how. Long live Anthony. He, he made it. Yeah, Anthony yeah. was badass. <laughs> no, and, and, and friendly, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I was kind of confused about about that part too. So who who did the actual killings? I guess. I had a question. In my yeah, with it. I had a question in my notes. So Helen, they bring Helen out of her like whatever drug they had her on for a month to keep her sedated. <laughs> They, it, she, like he, she's sitting in the office of this doctor. This doctor's like, you've been under for a month. I wanted to know why wasn't Helen, if she cares so much about this child, and that's what matters to her most, is making sure he, this child doesn't die. Why wasn't her first question, did they find Anthony? Mm-hmm. She didn't give a shit. She didn't ask about that baby once. <laughs> yeah. I and that's like how she dies in the end, <laughs> is saving him, like. That's true, actually. That's funny. That was a note of mine, but I don't know. I have a baby at the moment, so I'm like, whenever there's a baby in a movie, I'm like, what about the baby? <laughs> yeah, and then Candyman's, like, keeping him alive. Like, what's he feeding him? He's yeah. show him, like, putting his finger in his mouth yeah. and shit. Like, is he getting candy? Or... He's getting candy. Or... <laughs> what's, what's, what's... on sugar. Right. What's, what's the old, honey, old trick? Honey. Yeah, bee honey. Yeah, you got the bees. Actually, you can't give, fun fact, you can't give babies honey. It's dangerous for them. Oh. <laughs> anyway. There you go. <laughs> 
Was you giving them like like whiskey like they did in the old days to <laughs> get the baby to stop and stop crying or so I don't know. One of the things that I forgot to talk about it was in also this was also in the be my victim. I just saw it on here too as well, but. I feel like we have to talk about like uh, the Tony Todd's performance in this as Candyman because it's like legendary. And um, at the beginning, they say that uh, like the producers and stuff wanted an Eddie Murphy type to play Candyman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Bernard Rose, the director, fought for Tony Todd to play him. And I think Tony Todd brings like this grace and shit and like drama. Absolutely. Of this main character just fucking makes the whole thing work, man. Yeah, but, absolutely. When um. Um, this is I'm reminded of this from the horror noir mm-hmm. documentary. Which what was the movie that had David Allen Greer, who's a comedic actor typically, but he's he was oh, in that. Uh, it was like the short story. Uh, Tales from the Hood. Tales from the yeah. Hood. Oh yeah. Did okay. that? Did Tales from the Hood come out before this? Did no, Tales from the Hood was after. Okay. Uh, Tales from the Hood, I think, was like ninety seven or ninety eight. Okay, I remember so them that. talking about how the director of that of Tales in the Hood mm-hmm. wanted to take a comedic, like a black comedic actor, mm-hmm. David Allen Greer, and see what he could do, like in this very dramatic mm-hmm. role. And I was thinking maybe that came before this, but never mind, it didn't. No, that's interesting because I think one of the the best parts about his performance is just his stature as a whole he's like six five isn't he mm-hmm. so yeah, eddie murphy yeah eddie murphy i don't know what it <laughs> have quite done it from that standpoint alone yeah. but so i thought that added to his and all the, the, the voiceovers and shit like his voice man i could listen to him oh yeah absolutely fucking read anything yeah like a, he just has do, such he an probably awesome has voice. Done audiobooks yeah he like, has to <laughs> yeah yeah I, I can't see the, the the nutty professor being being scary you know <laughs> And then no, the, uh, yeah, and just people's Eddie Murphy's huge, huge at that time, and so like if they put him in that role, people would have f- tried to find a way to make this like funny. No, I think it's a good like, point. They yeah. couldn't see his, that character as scary because it's Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a really good point. Uh, so I think they made a good call. And it would have been, yeah, it would have been a huge mistake because it's like that's one of the things they did with fucking Freddy Krueger that I always hated was like. He shows up and he's like really scary, and then they make him a fucking joke, like the yeah. remaining of the movies where he's like cracking one-liners and shit. And that's what that's probably what it would have happened with Candyman if they would have done that. Uh, another thing that I wanted to get into was the uh, the score of the movie, which uh, you brought up Philip Glass last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you want to talk a little about like um, that. I'm not an expert, but I've taken a few music courses, mm-hmm. um, and I was a uh cellist so i was made to learn all kind of classical stuff <laughs> and philip glass is like kind of a modern classical composer american and if you've ever listened to his stuff that's not movie scores um it's things like pieces for the quote-unquote prepared piano and so basically what they do and it's all very weird and surreal sounding like frank zappa i think was very inspired by composers like philip glass I could be wrong about that. Uh, correct <laughs> me in the comments or whatever. But in, um, essentially, like, for instance, the prepare piano, they would have this piano and they'd put, like, all kinds of things. They'd have it open and they'd have, like, a contraption, like, just stuck in with the, in the string. So when you hit that note, it would make a funny, no- a, a weird sound. That's and, interesting. And they would do all kind. Of, they would use the piano in very, like, unusual ways. So, like, he was known philip glass is known in the classical world for this like sort of american art um art music or like 
classical art piece. I don't know, kind of a fun fact. Um, no, it's real cool. Yeah, man. you should look up. Uh, I'm sure it's on Spotify. Everything's on there, right? <laughs> um, yeah, his piece for the prepared piano, I think, is what he's most known for in the classical world. But I, when I saw his name pop up, I was like, oh, wow, he would be perfect for horror. Mm-hmm. And, and the score is out, really fucking yeah, good to this, I, man. I liked it a lot. Like, I could listen to this shit. Um, so I, we've talked about it for a good while here. Does, uh, final thoughts. Oh, uh, final thoughts. And where, um, where do you think this movie like uh, kind of stands up? Like, uh, do you think this movie one hundred percent holds up, or do you think it would you highly recommend it and all this other stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would. I would highly recommend it um, for a different standpoint because it's a, it's a different different type of horror movie. Just, mm-hmm. um, so from that standpoint, seeing some new and fresh is what was really really cool. Uh, but still have like the, the same undertones that we already talked about and then have those same things still be in the same case in 2020 now, which is also pretty interesting. So it kind of stands the, the, the test of time thus far mm-hmm. um, and really excited for the for the, the, the reboot. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see, see, see where we leave How many stars would you give it, Matt? I would give it four stars. Alright. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it four stars. Um, the, the fifth star would have come if they would explain the ending a little bit better, but <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. And Katie, what do you think? say four stars i enjoyed it more than like more than the average movie i think after watching that documentary the film uh, the horror noir documentary i have a more of an appreciation for it in, in the history of mm-hmm, for horror sure. and black horror um so yeah i would give it a four because there's just a, a few um, plot holes i think that could have been written mm-hmm. and for me this movie kind of stacks up as one of the best in the 90s um i would say probably top three in the 90s for me like i really really love this movie um but uh yeah that's about it on candy man uh matt i want to thank you for joining us yeah no i appreciate this, you guys uh, yeah, on this episode in. um we're gonna definitely have to have you back on cause absolutely this is one of the stronger ones <laughs> um uh, have you seen have you have you seen us and all that other stuff? I have, yeah. Have you seen us? Out? Seen okay. Get Out? Like Get Out a lot more than us, but we can talk about that in the next okay. time. Okay. You know. All right. We can. We, yeah, we can touch on that for sure. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. And that'll be it. So a new segment uh, we were uh, we had done before, and I actually really liked how it went. Uh, the what we were watching. I always like staying, I, I like looking at past films, but I always like staying current as well. And there's a lot of good stuff always coming out. And, you know, um, whether it's genre or non-genre stuff, I kind of wanted to go, me and Kate, uh, go through some stuff that we've been watching. Um, Katie, do you want to start? Um, I can start. I am currently watching Lock and Key on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly recommend it. I actually hadn't, didn't even know what it would what it was mm-hmm. until you actually left the graphic novel mm-hmm. um, at my house written by joe hill yeah yeah and um i highly recommend there's a lot like it's um kind of creepy kind of um like fantasy some magical supernatural kind of things going on um i don't i haven't finished it i don't know what's going on and mm-hmm. i won't spoil it but it's really fun um and it looks really cool um yeah it's entertaining yeah, one. Of, I knew that would be right up your alley. Um, one of the things that I remembered about you was that I don't know if like Rose went into your room or whatever, 
Like, this was when, like, Rose and I first started dating, but, like, I saw your bookshelf, and this was, like, when you were in the far room, and I saw your bookshelf, and you had Magica by Clyde Barker, mm-hmm. and uh, I was, of course, aware, uh, like, uh, uh, familiar with that name. I love Clyde Barker, but it's very, like, magical, uh, magical with, like, elements of horror and stuff. Like, that's kind of his style, mm-hmm. so I knew... I knew that you ladies would be like in really into lock and key. Like I knew it would be right up your alley. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's cool. I haven't checked it out. I, I've heard yeah, it's really, it's about really these good. Three siblings who have been through something dramatic, and they <clears throat> end up moving into this like old house that their dad used to live in. Mm-hmm. Their dad. This is not spoiling it, but their dad has passed away. That's the trauma. Right. But it's much worse than that. But anyway, they move into this old house he used to live in, and they start to discover some things that um and they just unroll just i don't want to spoil anything so i'm not going to go any deeper into mm-hmm. synopsis than of a synopsis synopsis than that um but yeah it's really fun and the the kids are the main characters and then some some things are going on going on with the mom and i don't know it's really cool so the first thing on my list is uh, actually Birds of Prey, and like I said, it's a non-genre, it's a non-horror thing, but I actually really dug it. Um, I went and checked this out. I think like this last week, and it's actually like it's rated R. It's actually like really funny, and it's uh, it's called Harley Quinn and the um, Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn or Birds of Prey and the One Fabulous. It's like a super long title. It doesn't make sense, but. Um, yeah, it's actually, like, really fun. It's just, like, detailing Harley Quinn's kind of, like, uh, split up with the Joker and stuff. Uh, the Joker actually isn't in it, but that's, like, a, it's not a big deal because it's about her split. So, one of the things I thought was really interesting is that she splits from the Joker, and then now that she split from the Joker, everybody's kind of after her. So, it's kind of her, like, her adventure and her meeting these other gals and then forming, like, this group uh, that forms, you know, at the end of the movie called The Birds of Prey. But it's really, it's really, really fun. Like it's in the style, kind of a like a Deadpool, like kind of stuff. Like it, it's, it's kind of like girl power and like, um, but done like really, really well. Like in a, you know, in a funny way and like, um, like a, a really cool way. But that was the first thing. Um, but the it, just to get him out of the way, the like a news that happened this week was the preview of the Batman, which I, you know, was like about to pass out. I think I showed you and Rose and you and Rose were like, okay, it's just a guy standing and then looking up. But like the, that one like about had me passing out because I'm a fan of, uh, Matt Reeves' stuff. Like he's the director of, uh, Cloverfield. And then he directed, uh, the Planet of the Apes movies, which is if anybody has not seen the new Planet of the Apes movies, they are fucking amazing. Like Rose and I would go see them. And we would be fucking squalling in a theater. Like they're 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 really like uh, emotional and they're really really well done. But uh, yeah, just to cover those two things that happen, like uh, I think he looks tied as Batman. Like it is what it is. But yeah. Kate, do you have anything else? Yeah, I I would recommend um, if you haven't already watched it on Amazon Prime. They I think it's an Amazon exclusive. Um, they've released a documentary and stay with me. It's another Ted Bundy thing, but it's mm-hmm. done. I think the way all the documentaries should have been done, honestly about Ted Bundy. Uh, or it's, and that's the whole point is it's not actually about him. It's about the victims and like the, the sort of central, um, person in the documentary is his girlfriend at the time. Like when mm-hmm. this was all going down, she turned him in and she was like, had all these like conflicting things go- going on. Um, so like she shares her side of the story, 
Um, you learn things you've never heard before in any of the other documentaries. And then the rest of it, they focus on like what was going on in the victims' lives. Like what were what what were their personalities like? What were their relationships like? And it's really a focus on the victim and not Ted Bundy. It doesn't mm-hmm. romanticize him in any way. Um, and it's, I think, the more important story. If you're going to watch any Ted Bundy documentary, it should be this one. Right. It doesn't talk about like how good looking he is and all this other shit. I mean, they mention that. Right. But it's really, um, you really get details that you, about, and you, and you really get to see the effects of what he did. Mm-hmm. Not and it's not all the effects of um, what he did on, you know, society like in general or on the police force and detectives and all that, which you're used to seeing in a lot of these kinds of things. But it's real. You really see how the families were affected. They share their emotions and they get real. They get real and um, they have some of the survive his people who survived his attacks mm-hmm. um, more than just one person. Like it's multiple that they were able to find. And um, yeah, it, I think it's just the right story to tell. Um, and, and it's got context around the time too, like the feminist, you know, burgeoning feminist movement that was happening at the time and um, kind of how all that plays into what he, like what he was able to do, you know? Um, but yeah, I recommend that one. And I would say that's pretty horror. I mean, it's reality. Oh, for horror. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. It's, if you're going to share any one of them too, it should be that one. For Just sure. Because it's, it's not putting him at the, at the center of the story. For sure. Anyone, uh, as far as my next ones go, like if anyone knows me and knows Katie and, uh, you know, uh, a lot of guests on the show really were really big into like true crime. We're true crime junkies and shit. Mm-hmm. And um, but the we've watched two. I know Rose and I watched the Jody Aries one and then the Staircase one. And uh, <laughs> they were the dude. I was so freaked out. Like we watched the Staircase one last night, and I was so fucking freaked out. Like I don't know what I was doing. Like um, I don't know why it freaked me out so bad either. But like Rose said, I woke up several times and like went and checked the window and stuff. Like I thought somebody was coming in the window or something. I think it's like all the true crime shit that we've been watching. <laughs> but like the Jody Aries one was like weird as well because the dude basically like he was Mormon and shit, and he basically got with this like chick that kind of like wasn't all there and stuff. And one of the details in the case that really fucked me up was that she would come in his doggy door. And, like, sleep on his couch, like, when he didn't even know that she was coming by and stuff. But, yeah, like, and then the staircase, Rose was like, what the fuck ever? Have you ever watched that, like, the staircase? Mm -hmm. So, I'm a buyer of the owl theory. (laughs) Rose is like, what the the fuck ever? Tell the listeners what staircase is about. So, staircase is, uh, I think its name was Robert Patterson, maybe? Um, Peterson, Robert Peterson. He was a writer in like the 80s and shit. But anyway, his wife was said to have fallen down the stairs, but there was a ton of blood at the bottom of the stairs. Like there's blood spraying everywhere and stuff. And she has seven big like slashes or gashes in the back of her head. Like um, after they shaved her head and stuff and took pictures, she has like gashes in the back of her head and scratches all over her face and arms. Yeah. So she and her husband have this like supposedly really loving relationship and I kind of buy it. But um, they were sitting out by the pool one night, Mm -hmm. um, drinking, getting drunk. 
Um, and he decides, like, she decides to go in and head to bed. And he's like, I'm going to hang out here. I finish his drink, whatever. Hang out by the pool. Um, that's his side of the story. Keep in mind. Um, which is the, she's dead. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he claims she went in and their property is pretty big. So he claims he didn't hear her fall or scream or anything. And so he finally makes his way back into the house says he stumbles upon her and she's dead at the bottom of the stairs and there's blood everywhere and right um he calls the police and etc cetera, etc cetera. and so essentially um without spoiling it for anyone who wants to actually watch it and not know what happens it's about um the detectives and forensics people who are figuring out this case they pin it on him oh yeah and uh, or they try to and so it's about the back and forth of like who who really done it Right, and the, and there's like a bunch of weird shit in the case. It's like, because uh, admittedly it does not look like a fall. Like there are ton, like it's tons of fucking blood and all this other stuff. So it's like a really interesting case to look at. And then he, he like you come to find out again, like uh, this is just something that you'll see like in uh, studying this case or like just researching this case. But there was like 18 years prior, there's another lady that he was connected with. Who like, fell down the stairs yeah. and died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I don't know, man, like. You know, it, like, could that that's be... That's not spoiling it anyway. No. That's in, like, the trailer. Right. And, it, and Rose and I were just, like, arguing about it. Like, I was like, I don't see that being, like, somebody's thing, but I don't know. Like, it could be, I guess. And comes to find out he was, like, having all this, like, gay stuff and, like, he was, like, mm-hmm. uh, having well, affairs online. Yeah, he says he's bisexual. Yeah. That his wife knew about it, but there's a question right. of whether or not that's true. And Right. And the emails, like, there's an email that says, like, look, I'm happy married. I'm just bi. So my wife knows about this and stuff. And I was like, dude, that sounds kind of, like, cool. Like, not cool, but, like, that sounds kind of like maybe she did know, like, kind of thing, too. And Rose is, of course, like, fuck no. He killed her. Well, some, yeah, I don't It's It's one of those that really gets you confused and you don't. Right. It's very debatable. Right. Like, yeah. It's a good one. Um, to know about. I mean, it, it, it comments on the justice system and um, people who are potentially wrongfully convicted and wrong, right. like, wrongfully imprisoned and um, and kind of shows you the like how difficult it is to be exonerated, like if you ever do. Um, so I think that's a pretty interesting part of it. Too. And then they bring up the chick that like he presumably killed or like allegedly killed 18 years prior. And she had the same slashes on the back of her, like, you know, head or whatever. Like, apparently, like, she was still, like, able, they were still able to test her and stuff, which I thought, I was like, whoa, I didn't know that. But, yeah, they tested her and stuff, and Rose was like, see, and I was like, it's that fucking owl again. He was in Germany and attacked her, that bitch, too. Like, <laughs> that shit happened. Rose was like, what the fuck ever? <laughs> Rose was getting so mad because I was talking about the owl theory. She was like, don't come at me with no fucking owl. <laughs> This motherfucker killed his wife. But yeah, like you said, it's like one of those cases where you're like, there's just shit like both ways where you're like, I don't know, man. Like, that doesn't sound right to me and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little making a murderer. Yeah. It's, it's very, you. there's no sense of um, closure at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like some, like the Ted Bundy stuff. Obviously right. There's closure on that. Um, right. But yeah. But yeah, I think that's about it. Like, uh, like I said, uh, this is a segment that we like doing and just uh, stay current. You know what we're watching. Sometimes we're not watching horror. Sometimes we're just watching, you know, like I said, true crime shit over and over again or <laughs> <laughs> Frasier over and over again or whatever. But uh, yeah, that'll be all for this segment.
Yeah. See ya. Later. You can, as always, you can find us, hit me a line and, uh, you know, take me to task on Gmail at uh, horrifyingmyfriends at Gmail. Um, you can find us on Insta at horrifyingmyfriends, on Twitter at horrifyingmf, or in, um, on SoundCloud, as always. Uh, and that'll be it.